0: Continuing this series of posts about user experience design, and uh, how I want to encourage anyone who has who recognizes a need and has curiosity to try tools and techniques related to user experience. Um, this series of posts is hopefully a little bit of a nudge in you know toward that direction, saying, "Yeah, go for it. You will uh, be able to learn enough about, well." Asking questions, observing, and um, forming stronger hypotheses, and using some data to to, to inform your, um, you know, what you want to do with your project or how to make it better. I, the, the, the sort of the, the floor of user experience is approachable if you're if you're in a situation where you can be curious about other people and observe them using the stuff you make or something similar to the stuff you make. And if you have any ability to ask those folks questions or whatnot, any any bit of um, effort you can put in to see, learn, be affected by uh, human beings that make and use and are affected by the stuff you make, that's going to help you be better at making stuff. And it is not an exclusive uh, realm of... Um, uh, it's, it, it's, it's not something that only a special chosen few are able to do. Uh, there, are, there are definitely folks involved in user experience that have, they're, they're super skilled and are awesome. And if you can afford to hire them and, and, and collaborate with them, that's fantastic. But even if you do a bit of this on your own, you're going to understand more of the possibilities of what can happen and have really great conversations with, with uh, UX people on teams that you are, are a part of. Uh, there is no downside to trying to use this stuff. All right, all of that uh, flag planting and endorsement aside, uh, what, I, what I wanted to do to continue, continue the series uh, in this recording is just give an overview about user experience design, like the design part of it. We, we talked about um, like, a, like an introdu- introduction and, in, in um, a couple posts ago, and then the last post we talked about um, the, um, the role of research and how uh, it's, it can be a very deep and complex tool, but it doesn't have to be complex to have very tangible, immediate benefit. Um, so then, what about the design? So what about, like, now you've done some research, you have some ideas that are um, coming out of the, the insights you've gathered from the research, and you want to act on those things. Well, okay, you need to find a way to express that idea so that others can participate, including other aspects of your own brain. So just so if you you, you draw down on some on some paper or on a whiteboard or somewhere, um, like here's what you're trying to accomplish. You have the goals in mind. Okay, here's here's some folks in your audience and and like here are the goals that they have in mind. Okay, that's great. Now, that's something just in and of itself. Um, but it's what it's having those the, the, those intentions captured uh, can help you um, start to map things and figure out how do you how do you cross the, these these um, these two different groups? How, how do they how do they connect well with one another? And what you will do as you're describing those connections is express the ideas so that others can participate. So you're going to going to, um, um, for instance, capture maybe a flow of how things might work, of what it looks like in the beginning, the middle and the end of engaging with what you're providing. And then, um, well, you may think about the type of people that will be engaging with what you're providing and describe them a bit, especially in the things that, that are like observable phenomena, like things that you could see them doing. Um, So, what are their behaviors, and then then you then you have us, and then you give that a little bit of a theme and a name, and all of a sudden you have a behavior based persona. It sounds pretty fancy, but all it is 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 thinking about, um, let's say you have uh you have a you have a person named um Finnegan, and Finnegan is. Is very much into reading the kinds of comics that 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 you create, but uh, Finnegan is um, is someone who likes to dig deep into into a story and everything behind it. It's not just about the um, you know the initial read. It's about rereading and it's about digging into anything else that can that can be linked into the story. So you are considering serving this kind of, uh, the, the Finnegan type of, of reader by offering um, more LinkedIn uh, story notes and resources, behind the scenes stuff. So you've got a comic that supports behind the scenes stuff and that, that helps uh, Finnegan. But then uh, Finnegan is, is um, okay, you think about, well, how does Finnegan find out about your comic? How does Finnegan um, uh, start consuming it. And maybe are there paywalls or ways to, um, support the comic? How do you present those things to Finnegan? Uh, what's, what, what do those look and behave like in, in a flow over time, right? And then what about when Finnegan is done with your comic? Um, and, and, uh, what happens then? Does anything need to happen? Do you have sort of a newsletter to keep in touch, um, to say that, hey, new posters exist based on this comic that, I think you might like because you maybe you joined my emailing list and that kind of thing. And then, so the flows are a part of the, the design and the personas are a part of the design. And then there can be, and these don't have to be that complicated. You can have post-it notes represent all of this. You could have stick figures if you care to draw any kind of human being in, in, in any of this. Um, but then, let's see. And when you think about it, well so a flow can can also be another serious thing called a called a journey. And a, and a journey could you could you could show how things are like over time, not just for Finnegan, but also for you, or maybe you have a team that works on the thing, um, and then they have goals related to it. And now what what does it look like when you have these journeys working in parallel over time? Uh, this may give you ideas of what you might. Uh, build or or do next to refine how you're providing your your comic and related services. You know all this being a hypothetical you know exercise to try to be a little more specific as I describe user experience design. So design can be a document and it doesn't have to be a high fidelity document. Um, the, the, the the flow persona journeys. Um, these are all just again about capturing your intents intentions so that others can examine annotate, discuss, and critique them. That's really it. You've got your ideas, you've got them captured, and that's so others can participate. And again, that includes you, because you of today may have a really, pretty darn crystal clear idea about how this thing should work. But then how about you six weeks from now, when now you have time to move this project forward, or um, maybe you're about to hire in help to, to help move the project forward, whatever. Uh, will you six weeks in the future have as clear of an idea if you didn't capture this so that others could participate? Probably not. It's, um, it's very beneficial even in a, uh, scrappy, sketchy, um, way. As long as it's clear, that's, that's the, that's the hurdle. Um, get some ideas down, post it, sketch paper, digital paper, um, whiteboard, notepad, whatever. Um, if it's on a whiteboard, I really do recommend uh, taking, um, you know, take some photos of it because <laughs> those things get erased. Um, but again, so you've got your your ideas, you've got them captured in a clear way so that others, others can participate. And that's where design can be, the, you know, the, the document. Design is an activity that, you know, helps you clarify your thoughts where, okay, then then those thoughts may take the form as a document and including other kinds of things like wireframes or, mo- or mock-ups, right? Where um, you have to think when you're designing a thing, what are you trying to clarify? And is it important to go into more detail yet? Um, because it can be, it, it can be like mock-ups can really get people talking and understanding a project, uh, but they also can be um, a really concrete overly specific distraction where you could be really tied into now thinking about which font which color palette as opposed to which um, which elements and h- which names of things help you accomplish goals and 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 are you presenting these things clearly wh- and, and are they the right things as opposed to like how should they look so it's you can get trapped but if you're disciplined about it you won't get trapped. Not a big deal. But it's important to really know what problems this thing you're writing down is solving versus um, maybe it doesn't, it's not, it may not be delving into the right thing. So, okay. So good design can be a document and it might be a wireframe or a mockup, up And that's, that's all about trying to have um, something visually descriptive of what should be presented when and how overall and in a way that others can participate that they can examine it annotate and discuss another way to describe that is when you when you do draw something that is a design for your user, user experience have a rationale for it and capture it where right? where it's like these are the goals i have as a business these are the goals the users have and this is how this design helps bring these two things together. And that hopefully every element in that you choose to be present in that design is serving those jobs. And if it's not, you may have, you know, like that's a really good way to detect things that are, um, it's not bad, but things that are there for on, on a whim or, um, just strong, you know, ha- could be habit, could be opinion, and stuff that just kind of comes along for the ride that you should, you can really question, does it belong there? And, and if you're like, I'm not sure if it belongs there or not, you can be thoughtful with how you test this design now, okay? Because in the end, you know, the, the design is going to be this, this uh, hypothesis or maybe a set of hypotheses that you can test. But all right, stepping back. Um, can, can, continuing to build this building of what this design this conceptual building of describing what what UX design could be so you're expressing the ideas so that others can participate and you can present the goals of that that you have and of the users and then your the methods you're using to reach those goals you've got your rationale and it could be some kind of document where you need to you know elaborate on the flow or the what should be present and what have you little sketch or mock-up possibly. But it also, design can be an activity of that, that creative process doesn't have to be and likely shouldn't be a solo effort because you're weaving together uh, expertise and ideas, potentially of many different parties. And at the very least, it's not just you. It's, 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 if you're a solo you know, business person, then it's, it's you and your audience, right? So somehow try to enact some collaborative design with the people you're serving. So maybe that's not going to look like a collaborative meeting because they're not necessarily all paid to be part of your team and and uh, work with you on on that. But like if you are part of a team that has you know meetings that can work through things, you, you, there may be creative collaborative sessions that are dealing with um, maybe things like design sprints. The, there's a good there's a, a handy book by Google called uh, Sprint, and or Google Ventures, uh, and um, forgetting the gentleman that sort of headed up that book, but lots of their experience in rapidly designing and testing ideas went into that. Um, neat methods in there. If you care to dig deeper in all this, that's a nice resource. And then lots of other um, potential uh, resources for design thinking, such as um, oh, let's see. I mean, there's the whole um, variety of resources that IDO shares on the web. they are definitely um, you know them and the uh, IDO and the D School and. Um, at Stanford is, is, are huge sources and initial proponents of design thinking, or at least that, that kind of updated branding of it. And so what design thinking is, is um, I would say making that process that I was describing where you have the, this intention and these intentions and the purposefulness of knowing the goals of both you and your audience and the ways to get there. Uh, you're doing that not solo. And you may be using some creative methods to get there, um, things like um, things like brainstorming and sketching, and um, maybe some some special scenario planning or role playing, and <clears throat> or or other kinds of like uh, field research, and and then reacting and discussing together as a group to um, get to some like key ideas that, that, um, like how can you serve this audience or what have you? Anyway, so design can be an activity, um, with it's, it's you with your, your collaborators in your, in your business, or it's you somehow collaborating with your audience, which can be, um, uh, recruiting people to do some, some usability testing or card sorting or what have you. Like we, we talked about in the prior update about research. Uh, involve, involve your audience somehow. Be affected by them, and so there you go. Design is an activity. The research is a huge part of design, so that it's you can you can be relevant and you're triangulating and testing your thoughts. Uh, so you're not just working solo and alone. And even if you do that for a little while, you got to break out of it and get it and go test those thoughts. And then I guess another thing I think design can be is, is design can be a story, and that. Is this you know you could be essentially weave together a narrative based on that flow that we describe I described earlier or a, a journey that you you established of like what's it like in the beginning middle and end of you know being part of using what you make and uh, that can become a story or you can just focus on the sort of pitch of like well my um, my comic and uh what it's like to, to, you know, read my comic or get into my, my interactive story app or whatever you're making. Um, it's kind of like this meets that. And, or, or it's a little bit like uh, a choose-your-own-adventure book meets uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. It's a little bit of a role-playing game plus some action, plus whatever, whatever it is, right? So, so you have, um, you've got your pitch, it's, it's this meets that it's once upon a time, um, there's a whole, uh, underserved set of, um, uh, readers of comics that, uh, they, they really enjoyed the, um, the, the, the story, but then they, they had all this interest and hunger to, to, to dig deeper and, and they wanted to interact with the characters and they wanted to, um, do this, but then, um they f- they found themselves essentially reading blogs and rumors and stuff about the comics, not necessarily digging into stuff that was that from the main source. <clears throat> and I'm making this up as I go, by the way, parenthetically. Um, but then one day came along, you know, uh, you know, fancy fancycomic.com, and there was there was more. They were able to dig into the behind-the-scenes stuff. And because of that, they were able to um, not rely merely on rumors and things that were guessed about the work. They, they got it straight from the source. And because of that, they felt more connected and excited and um, they shared a lot more of their reactions and fan extensions of the stories because that was a feature in the thing and and uh and until finally um there was a pretty huge community movement surrounding this anyway so i kind of used the, the actually there that's a that's a bit of a pixar um story concept and um where where you say once upon a time something <clears throat> this you know things were the, the world was like this until one day Then things change, and whatever, and then, and and because of that, this something, something, and because of that, there, that's the indirect, really extra important twist, change. Until and then, in, and then you close the story. Anyway, so telling a story and being able to describe your design as, um, essentially a, um, a a plausible flow of causality that's handy like we as human beings really grok and and appreciate the descriptions of things that that are very story like of how things were one way and then they changed and there's this there's this building and, and and you can throw in um you know surprise and juxtaposition of unexpected things and all that to to get it you know to increase the uh, you know, dramatic revealness of what you're you're sharing, but your design can be a story. All right, and then in the end, again your, again, your design is a hypothesis or a set of hypotheses to test. So whatever you've done, it should be just enough to put something into the world, and see how it performs, and whether that is how are people reacting to your pitch. How are um, you know, so the, the mock-ups that you made and asking people to, to navigate through them as you sit in front of them, uh, to accomplish tasks. How's that going? Um, test your, so you've, you've got a, a thoughtful, structured way to get your ideas out so that others can participate and that lets you test them better. And I would say that in a way, conceptually, this is a, like my way of saying, do just enough design. And as a giant hat tip to the awesome book by Erica Hall called Just Enough Research, I, I humbly offer do just enough design to then do just enough research to then do just enough more design until you can get that, that thing into the world. And I don't know what that thing is you're making, but I do know that um, the practices of user experience just like i mean, honestly like the scientific method they aren't locked away only for uh big consulting companies big businesses or whatever to to have exclusive access to these are ideas that i think are are applicable and even if they're not um even if they're somewhat challenging or even uh not applied you know to their to their um to greatest skillful effect, uh, doing them kind of okay gets you a lot further than not applying them at all. Because the other choice is to work based merely on assumption and to not be as tuned in to who you're designing things for. And I would propose that we can all do better than that. So there you go. That was my design update. A lot longer than the other ones, but we covered a lot of ground about how a um, design is expressing an idea so that others can participate, that, um, you know, you've, now, you've, you've woven the, the, the goals of all parties involved and the methods you're using to reach the goals as a, that rationale to help be that thing that others can participate in. It's not just, oh, it's all laid out. And then you let people assume it. No, it's all explicit. You express that stuff. Even if it is just writing down a few simple things, now others can participate. Design can be a document. Design can be an activity. Design can be a story. And, either, and, and in the end, design is a hypothesis or set of hypotheses to test. All right. There you go. That was uh, another update in uh, user experience design overview. <sighs> okay. We'll see if I have more updates in the the UX overview as uh, as the month goes on. But I will be hopping around to different topics. And what am I doing here? Who am I? I am Rob Stenzinger. I'm a UX designer, a uh, a game designer, a podcaster, and I um, I'm I'm doing these updates this month. Not just because I like podcasting and all that. I mean, I would love to do these all as blog posts, but Honestly, I'm using this creative challenge that uh, my friend Jersey Droz and I started to to be this um, like extra encouragement and incentive to to get more ideas captured and shared. Even though they're not in the form that I imagined I would would do or whatever, but like eh, this podcasting thing works for me. It works for a lot of things. It works for getting ideas out efficiently. It works for um, doing journaling and all that, which is why Jersey and I started the Art Off Creative Challenge. So the idea is that every day in the month of November, you do a recording and it's up to you if you share it or not. But if you do share it, throw in the hashtag Art Soundoff, and that's really it. Uh, lots of other, you know, help and ideas and recommendations in um, at artsoundoff.com. If you're like, I don't know what to record, but I'm kind of tempted and curious, uh, go for it. You don't have to share it publicly, uh, but it's it's still a fun, helpful thing to practice. All right. Um, yeah, so there's Art Sound Off. There's a topic we covered. And I then then I would just say that uh, if you have any ideas or questions you want to react to this, I did open up my DMs on Twitter. So go for it. If you want to you know, DM me on Twitter, yeah, that's an option now. Um, but you can also at me where I'm at, Rob Stenzinger. Or send me an email, the good old-fashioned electronic mail via rob.stenzinger at stenzingersoftware.com. Thank you very much for listening.